either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Is this the week that Avengers gets knocked off at the box office? I'm guessing it is. I, I think that I'm you are right. I'm guessing it is. Uh, Pikachu almost did it last week, but I think somebody's got the uh, cojones to do it this week. And we will talk about that and more. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. Check it out for all your movie reviews and other fun stuff. We will start this week with that movie that we do think is going to take down Avengers. It's super assassin John Wick on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild. And with a $14 million price tag on his head, he's the target of hitmen and women everywhere. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Our services still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. All of this for what? Because of a puppy? Wasn't just a puppy. I find that the 14, how do they come up with $14 million? It seems <laughs> like know. a very arbitrary number. Not 15? Not 20? <laughs> 14. That's going to get everybody out trying to kill John Wick. Well, first of all, let's start with the, the title. Parabellum, as you told me this morning, is Latin, right? Prepare for war. Well, that's a good idea for this movie mm-hmm. because that's what it becomes. And I'll I'll be honest, for years I was saying I didn't really understand how this franchise became so popular. I remember I reviewed the very first mm-hmm. one and I wasn't that knocked out by no, it. I, I thought, "Oh, okay." And I I really I remember learning that the director was a former stuntman and yep. all that. And yep. I remember at the beginning of the first one or after I saw it thinking, "Well, you know, even for that, the Action wasn't all that great. Well, anyway, long story short, they have improved every episode, every installment. Absolutely. And now this one is the best one yeah, yet. Yeah, agreed. And and I think part of it is, as we say in the in the uh, review, uh, they're playing to their strengths. You know, and uh, uh, acting, no, not not one of their strengths. And so Keanu Reeves has. I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble. I think he has maybe 30 lines in the right. entire film. Right. And story. Action, action, yeah. action. Story is not really their strong suit either. So what they do is it, it just picks up exactly where two left off. So he's just running wet through Manhattan with every third person in the city looking at him and <laughs> looking at their watch because there's 20 minutes yeah. until he's they're allowed game. to. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing to me. If, that, if basically the entire population of New York City, if they're all assassins, who's paying them? Right, I mean, right. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I remember the one thing, the one thing I did say in the first one, and, and it continues, I was fascinated by the whole hotel, hotel. the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, that would make a good spinoff movie. Yeah. Just give me more of that hotel. But uh, so, yeah. So now we find out there are ho- these hotels all over the place. Yes. And the one in Morocco, which is uh, spearheaded by Halle Berry. Yep. So that's the one I want to go to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she's in on it. Everybody, like you said, Angelica every, Houston. Angelica Houston. Every third person is trying to uh, trying to knock him off. Yes. Uh, but it's you're right. Play to the strengths. Action, action, action. And now this time more than ever. Um, even if the action didn't impress me that much in the first one. Now he's really got a feel for it. Not only how to stage it, but how to photograph it. Oh my God, yes. And you know what's funny is is it, you know in the very first. 
action sequence, which is an inspired use of some library books, by the way. <laughs> you just, you know, the the audience laughed, and it's it's not exactly ironic laughter. It's more like shocked, like you're shocked into like, oh, that's happening right now. And that's the tone of the whole rest of the movie. The action is ludicrous, absolutely, but... It's filmed so well. It's so inventive. It's so inspired. And it's these long, serpentine takes. But what's important is that the camera never really loses Reeves. So you always know. It's not like all of a sudden there's a cut and there's probably a stunt guy over there with just a scruffy hair hanging in his face. No, it's Keanu Reeves. And and it's as much as... Uh, also, the sort of set pieces they come up with are inspired and fascinating. But the fact that you can tell that it's Reeves keeps the movie from ever kind of breaking that seduction. Well, one of the things, going back to the first one, I remember when I when I saw the first one, I saw it about two weeks after I had seen the first Equalizer. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the things that, that made it suffer in comparison because I thought that first Equalizer was directed by Anton Fuqua. Sure. And the violence and the action in that movie was so stylishly staged yeah. that the first John Wick, to me, didn't quite measure up. Now, I oh, think... Yeah. Three films in, the director is Chad, uh, again, the director is Chad Stahelski, Stahelski, I think I'm pronouncing that right, um, who's the former stuntman. Yep. Now you can tell he has a flair for it and a feel for it, and, and you're right, the, the, the style and the way it's presented is so much better. He's got the experience now. Oh, yeah, and, and each action sequence is long. These, it's like ballet. There's just balletic mayhem. It's it, They're beautiful. And they're, you know, nuts. You know, there's a, the horse ride through Manhattan. There's the... Well, actually, my favorite one is uh, ninjas, uh, like, flanking Keanu Reeves, John Wick, uh, all on motorcycles. Sword fighting yeah. ninjas all on motorcycles. High-speed motorcycle chases. He has great balance, John Wick. <laughs> he really has some great balance. Well, and then one of the other... Good points you brought up is that this one also betters the first two because now they finally just abandon all pretense of any sort of um, grounding in reality. Exactly. We're into superhero realm now. So let's just go with it. Right. Right. In the first one, they hint at it, but in the same way that they do with a lot of kind of gritty police, you know, yeah, you think that you can kill John Wick. Well, you can't kill John Wick. In the second one, you're like... No, I'm, it's really hard. It, uh, and then this one is like, oh, I think he's Jason Voorhees. Right. I think you literally exactly. cannot kill him. Exactly. And then, you know, it's yeah. and it's it's it is it's ludicrous fun, but it is fun. And uh, the, you know, the faces, the characters that you loved in the previous one. I mean, Ian McShane is back. He's great, of course. Lawrence Fishburne is back. It is still always very fun to yep. see Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne sure share the screen. Sure it is. And then as you the new the new faces, especially Angelica Houston. Who plays the leader of this, uh, you know, ballet slash wrestling school slash Russian mob? It's this. Oh. She's glorious. It's. Uh, I think I have just, a coupon for I that think... place. <laughs> <laughs> they just do a great job of improving on their strengths and abandoning everything they're weak right, at. Right. Um, and that's what you get. It's action, action, action. That's what we're going for. It's, it's stylishly staged and, and beautifully photographed. So, yeah, this will be the time, not only because Avengers has obviously lost some steam after a month, right. but, I mean, this is the one I think a lot of people are very excited, very excited about this, big fans of the of the um, franchise. And also Keanu Reeves, because, you know, we've talked about him before. And, all right, 
we're not going to give him an award for acting no. ever, pretty much. But he seems like the greatest guy, doesn't he? He just he seems does. like a good guy. Yeah, and the other things is that he's just so Keanu Reevesy. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like you just love him. It's he's amazing. He's so unique. He's so unlike anybody else. Yeah, it's amazing to think he has really become the, the, the status that he has achieved in, in popular culture. When, you know, his his in many movies, his acting chops are seriously in doubt. But the fact that he seems like an awesome guy yeah. and he does movies like this now where you're playing to strengths and he just has, has really kind of achieved this this a level that you wouldn't think he would have um, he would have achieved no before. and it's funny I mean we've talked before about a really well written sort of essay article we read once where a man was just pointing out what is and isn't good acting and was apologetic but he was just going to use Keanu Reeves as his example of the worst actor in the world <laughs> and he made a really good point as to why that was and then he ended up saying he seems like such a nice man and Although, he does he to, seems awesome and to be he fair. fits a lot of roles well but to be fair we have in the last few years seen him take some supporting some small supporting roles where he has been pretty effective i'm thinking of neon demon, neon demon we loved him in neon demon and the bad and the batch. bad batch loved so. him in both of those movies and it's not yeah. just him playing him right it is him acting keanu reeves acting taking on a yeah. part and doing it incredibly well yeah so there you go so uh yeah that one we think is going to finally take down avengers and uh probably with 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 good reason it's worthy best of the bunch john wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Next, we're going back to the world of young adult romance fantasy. Boy, how That's we, your favorite. we love to go there. <laughs> it's a teenager finding love at a difficult time in her family's life. The sun is also a star. One of your key ingredients to falling in love. My ingredients are friendship, chemistry, the X Factor. What's the X Factor? Don't worry, we've got it. You and I. Tasha, what are you so afraid of? Listen, I wasn't born here. What? My family is leaving tomorrow. This is real, and I know you feel it too. That is accurate. The sun is, in fact, also a star. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tried, I've seen and reviewed so many of these. I always get Thank these. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> That um, it seems that I'm saying the same thing over and over again when I review these movies, and you, you don't, you really don't want to bring too many preconceived notions in, into these. You, you want to give the movie a fair shot. You do, you know. And I remember uh, when I saw the hate you give. Yeah. And now there you go. I came out of there going, okay, now. Yeah. Here's something that can be done with with young adult uh, books, and this one is from a young adult novel. But it does. It tries to expand the horizons of the genre while it also still hits those same benchmarks. The one we've talked about here many times. You know there's going to be an essay read in voiceover. I mean, what? Why? Please stop it. it. For the love of God, you, just stop it. <laughs> it's true. I just think to myself, yeah. why does that have to happen every, every single time. time? Why? Every time. Why? And you know there's that the, the girl's specialness is going to be seen probably across a crowded room or across distance in one glance. Sure. Just takes one. That's right. From this cute boy, and they're going to have to you know try to break away from the lives that their parents already have planned for them that may not they may not want. And look, I know a lot of movies follow formulas. They do. But you don't always have to have the exact same elements to get to that formula. And, and again, let's go back. To be fair, this one does try a little bit because it's also grounded in the immigration debate because the uh, girl in, in this couple... Uh, she is from Jama a Jamaican family, and they are have about 24 hours before they are deported. 
Uh, she's got to go, and she's trying a last-ditch effort to get around that when she has a meeting with uh, kind of a kismet type of meeting with Daniel. And uh, I should say, N- Natasha is the uh, girl. She's played by Yara Shahidi, and then Daniel is played by Charles Melton. And they both have talent. I think they do have promising talent. One of the biggest problems here, though, is that Daniel wants to convince her because Natasha, you know, she doesn't believe in love. Right, which like is so a, many teenagers. Oh, exactly. You know. And of course, it's something that you would just announce moments after meeting someone. Yeah, she doesn't believe in love. So no. he's got 24 hours, you know, she has to leave. He's going to convince her. And they talk a lot about fate and a lot about uh, the stars and a lot about chemistry. And then the more they talk about that chemistry, then you realize these two don't really have a lot of it. Right. And that's a hard thing. You can have the best actors in the world, and sometimes the chemistry just isn't there. Yeah. And it's not totally lacking here, but it's it's not enough to sell this story. Uh, sure. And this story sells a lot of things that are hard to buy, mm-hmm. and that is right at the top. And it's going to, anytime you have this type of, of romance where uh, the boy especially is just totally head over heels from the moment that he sees her, and if there's not a lot of chemistry there, it's going to come off as a little bit hollow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the the film deserves credit. Uh, and the, the novel as well uh, for having the two leads uh, be uh, a Korean and an African American, Jamaican American. Yeah, very much uh, so. And um, yeah, I'm I mean excited about that, and I and I like that they do dig in a little bit. It's not just your typical, you know, we're moving away because my dad got a new job. I mean, it does really try to make some kind of a statement about the state of America yep. right now. And that is yeah, and that is one of the. But who st- believes for one second that those two? unreasonably beautiful human beings happen to both be single right I know, now. <laughs> I know. And then that in New York City where it's it's set, they keep in a city of so many people, they keep finding themselves in these idyllic situations where oh, they're all alone. Oh, that always happens. It is, yeah. But uh, you're right, though, about the, uh, the diversity because not only is the cast, the diversity of the cast is great, uh, but it's 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 pretty well directed too. I should say, uh, Rye Russo Young directs it, and she directed Before I Fall, which is another YA one that was a little bit better, mm-hmm. a little bit better than some, and also a um, a movie that a few people saw, but I remember seeing called um, Nobody Walks with uh, John Krasinski and Olivia Thirlby oh, uh, a, yeah. few, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, it's this one is directed well. She. She constantly makes sure that uh, not only the city of New York and the neighborhoods, but the melting pot of people is always sort of a secondary character. And she does it without too heavy of a hand Mm -hmm. so that you're always the point is made that, look, inside this nationwide, worldwide debate about immigration are real people's lives being affected. Uh, And so that that is nice. I did like that. Uh, It's handled with a little more nuance than you might find in these movies. But still, then, you have to go back to some... I don't know how much of the script is taken right from the book, but there's there's some cringe-worthy dialogue. Oh, there yeah. really is, as there often is yeah. in, in some of these movies. So... Uh, it's just more the YA fantasy, the, the tweens in this age that it's that it's um, aimed at. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're, they're probably going to love it. This drama, you know, the drama that they wallow in uh, <laughs> of, of this romance. But uh, it sells a lot of things that, that are hard to buy. But of this genre, I've certainly seen a lot worse. Is that a recommendation? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's The Sun is Also a Star. Oh, we're going to the dogs next. A dog finds the meaning of his own existence through the lives of the humans he meets a dog's journey. I've lived a lot of lives as a lot of different dogs, but I always found my way back to Ethan. Bailey, 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 you've done so much for me. When you come back the next time, 
Jay. She needs you like I needed you. And then it happened. I was a puppy again, and CJ was my new purpose. You just keep taking care of CJ. This one is the sequel to A Dog's Purpose. Indeed. Not the sequel to A Dog's Way Home, which Correct. was actually chronologically the last one. And I thought that one was a little bit better because right. at least in A Dog's Way Home, they treated it just like it was for kids and you were reading, say, a picture book to right. kids. This one is more like A Dog's Purpose where... Every thought the dog has is narrated and voiceover, and boy, does it become overbearing quickly. That's the thing, right, is that it's hard for me to figure out exactly who the audience is for this, because it's not really a kid's film. Yeah. You know, I mean, as the, as the young woman grows up, you know, there she's she's a there bad bad. There's a stalker. There's a bad relationship. That her mom is an alcoholic. You know, it it plays like an an adolescent. It plays a little bit like a like a YA film, uh, but at the same time, every single thing that happens on screen is being narrated back to you by Josh Gad. In the form of a dog. Yeah. A dog is saying things like, just lick faces already. Yeah. And saying things like, you know, I'm going to sniff your butt. And just and just think to yourself, I mean, it's... Well, it's so you've done... I've, this is the first time I've seen one of these. God bless you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just thought to myself, I'm going to take my own life. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's, it's not about characters, obviously. It's about the dogs. I mean, this one, again, is based on the writings of W. Bruce Cameron who uh, writes the books, Mm -hmm. directed by Gail Mancuso, who's done a lot of TV. But it comes back to the writing, as it always does. And the characters are so broadly drawn. It's about the dogs. And if you like dogs, I guess, this is your thing. But if you're looking for characters, um, boy. Look elsewhere. Yeah, look elsewhere. Especially, it was a little bit curious because um, you had a little bit of a problem with the female characters here. Yes, I did. They they don't come off well. They don't. So the main... So it's not... um, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, he's back. He's back, but mm-hmm. he's a fairly minor character because when Bailey finally dies... Well, uh, plus he's still breaking into the house over at uh, in The Intruder. <laughs> that's right. He's got to come back and forth <laughs> between the good guy and the creepy guy. When what when his dog that kept finding him in the last movie finally you know lets go and of course he he must know it's going to come back and, and oh, find does. him. Yeah. So he tells him as he's dying, "Don't find me, right? Find my granddaughter because." The granddaughter has been snatched away from them by her um, uncaring, narcissistic, uh, alcoholic mother. And and that's... Who, who is not their daughter. No. She, she's not the daughter of Dennis Quaid and Mark Helgenberger. No. She was the, the girlfriend of their son. Right. Right. So they don't, who, they're not blood relatives, no. but they have to deal with her because they want to see their granddaughter. Right. And she's now a single parent because, uh, I hope this is not a spoiler, but I mean, the, the son isn't in the movie at all. So it's a widow... A very young woman that's so unempathetic to her. That's not even the word for it. It's just hateful. It's just hateful. Curious. She is such a hateful, one-dimensional, awful character, this poor single mother struggling, uh, that I was uh, flabbergasted by it. Uh, and the rest of the performances, you know, the, the the main character, Clarity Jane, is played, of course, by two different actresses uh, as a little kid and then as a like a young adult both fine, but again, as you said, they're not the point. Right. The point are the different dogs. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as she's an adult and she's reintroduced to her best friend, a, a young man from her childhood, he now has a, a girlfriend, and she's another just hateful character. You hate her immediately. She's got one of those 
Her dog, we're not. We don't. It's okay if we don't like her dog. It's one of those hairless things that you carry around. It's like I mean, it's just. I was really taken aback by how little regard it had for humans at all. It's yeah. just like you know, we can hate this one. Let's just hate this one. And such as you said, broad strokes. Oh, such broad strokes. So if you really, really, really love the dogs, uh, otherwise, go see John Wick. There's a really cute dog in John Wick. <laughs> yeah, go see John Wick. Okay, that's solid advice. <laughs> And the other film in wide release this week is the tragic and controversial story of Cameron Todd Willingham, who was on death row in Texas for killing his three children after scientific evidence and expert testimony that bolstered his claims of innocence were suppressed. It's called Trial by Fire. Cameron Todd Willingham, you are guilty of capital murder. By order of the state of Texas, you are sentenced to death. I did not kill my own children, Elizabeth. I love them more than I love life itself. I believe the state of Texas is about to kill an innocent man. You think this is just about Todd? The system doesn't work. It's broken. These are my last days, Liz. If I start hoping, he's gonna go by just like that. I understand, but I'm hoping. Well, the, one of the main things about this movie is if you don't know the name and the work of Jack O'Connell, I'll tell you what, he is continues to do just fantastic work, and he's got to be one of the most underrated and probably unknown yeah. uh, actors out there. He's great. He is. I remember the first time I saw him in anything, it was a, a little horror film from years ago. He was a kid. He was probably maybe 15 years old called Eden Lake. Uh, and he owned it. He was terrifying. He was brilliant. And I have watched, uh, I look out for films that he's in for yeah. that reason. He's always amazing. And he's great in this. It's, I'll tell you what, it's a tough It's a tough movie to watch. It's often gut-wrenching. Uh, he is great as Cameron Todd Willingham, the guy who winds up on death row. Um, and then about halfway through the movie, Laura Dern comes in. Always and she welcome. Is, yeah, she is a concerned citizen who ends up taking a, a real interest in his case and becomes convinced, as he has been saying all these years in prison, that he is innocent. And they strike up a very nice um, camaraderie, chemistry. We were talking about chemistry. Yeah, yeah. They have it even through these plexiglass encounters that they have to have as they're talking. Um Two great performances there. And I also want to give uh, a nod to Emily Mead, who plays uh, Mrs. Willingham. She has, is in a tough role. She also has some really combative chemistry with, with uh, Jack O'Connell because they have, a, they have a very complicated relationship before this tragedy happened. And how this um, scenario affects her is also interesting. And in one scene especially, it reminded me of those those just incredibly bare emotions in a couple of scenes from Manchester, Manchester by, by the, the sea. sea. Because it does have some similarities, even though that was a, a fictional story. But um, again, it's it, it's tough. It's it's a movie with an agenda, yes, uh, the death penalty and the, the illusion of fair trials. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it makes a strong case, and it's director Edward, Edward, Zwick. Edward Zwick, and he's um, the screenplay is uh, adapted, was written by Jeffrey Fletcher, adapted from a book that's also based on a lot of Willingham's own letters from prison. And I think, and that's why there are there are parts of the script that kind of feel a little less like dialogue than someone kind of thinking out loud. But I, I thought that worked because when you remember it's based on his letters. Yeah. I thought it did a good job of incorporating, you know, maybe a lot of what he wrote right into the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's going to cover a lot of ground and, and be similar to 
these types of movies that we've seen before because there there have been a few of these, yeah. you know, a wrongly convicted yeah. convicted felon. But um, you know what that does? It it sort of bolsters the argument because how many of these do you need? Yeah. You know, before you realize there's a problem here. Yeah. And um, regardless of where you stand on the issue, I think it's uh, it brings up at the very least some very troubling questions. Uh, to think about in our justice system today, and it's it's not perfect. I mean, the the initial attraction that Laura Dern's character has to him and his story, maybe the motivation there, you don't quite feel like, sure. why would she upend her life like this mm-hmm. to, to dive headlong into this situation? Maybe you don't feel that as well as you should, but that is overcome pretty quickly by these performances, I thought. Uh, and I thought as hard as it can be to watch sometimes, it's a, it was it was a worthwhile journey, Trial by Fire. And we've got one in limited release this week. It's the young girl growing up to become a strong and fearless woman in Budapest before World War One. Foreign film called Sunset. This one is the latest from Laszlo Nemes, who did Son of Saul a few years ago, Holy which moly. destroyed me. You want to talk about, me. well, we just got done talking about a movie that's hard to watch. Son of Saul. Oh, my Lord. It oh will my. rip your heart out. It really will. It won the Oscar, though, deservedly for Best Form. It's a great movie, but man. Yeah. Yeah, it's glorious and and devastating like few other films are. His follow-up, I'm not going to say it's a ray of sunshine, but it's definitely, it is not the same thing. But it, it you know, it makes... It shows, again, his mastery with storytelling, but this one is more of a mystery and an unsettling one. Rachel Willis did the review for us, and she loved it. The performances are great. It's, it's, it's so, it is unsettling. From beginning to end, you're like, what am I missing? What haven't they told me yet? Mm-hmm. What's going on? The lead performance is great, and it's just, I, I can't wait to see the next movie this guy makes. I mean, everything he does, I'm in. Yeah, the lead performance by Julie Jacob. So I think I'm always saying I think I hope I pronounce that right, but I do. Uh, yeah, incredible, and he is. You're right. Such a such a masterful uh, storyteller, yeah. and that is sunset. As we head to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Boy, a lot coming out on home video. Yes, some of it really good. Holy moly. Apollo 11, that documentary about Apollo 11, since this year marks the 50th anniversary. I think in July it'll be the 50th anniversary. Just amazing. I mean, if you couldn't see it on the big screen, I still strongly, strongly recommend if you can find it back on the big screen, especially IMAX. Holy moly. We talked. Just like just like we mentioned about the, the Peter Jackson, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old uh, documentary, this one is just living history. Yeah, it is. It's living history. It's amazing. It's breathtaking. Loved it so much. Also, Happy Death Day to You. Didn't love it so much. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, this got a lot more love than I expected. And, it, and when I saw Happy Death Day, the original, I had low expectations, and I came out of it really thought having found an enjoyable film. And I was hoping, because it's the same lead, it's the same director, I thought, okay, let no, because it, no. it's not a horror film, it's not no. a slasher, it's just a bad 80s comedy. It and is. the bad, it's the bad 80s comedy. Like with, Zapped, yes, or something like that. Yes, with kind like of that. racist undertones, oh. and and just horrible oh. slapstick that goes nowhere. I I did not like it at all. Yeah, to be a follow-up to a quote-unquote horror film, yes. this, not, not, this is, yeah, you're right, it's just a zany 80s comedy that left me completely cold. Speaking of cold, Cold Pursuit, Liam Neeson. I didn't hate it. I was 
surprised. I mean, I thought it was clever. It's based on a foreign language film, and I think that that shows because it doesn't take that typical Hollywood path, that typical Liam Neeson uh, mm-hmm. revenge movie path. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to look at. It gets a little weird in a lot of ways. I liked it. Yeah, and also out this week on video, one we just talked about in the last couple of weeks and liked very much, Her Smell, with uh, Elizabeth Moss She's as so the good. right girl rocker. Oh, my God. She's so good. The movie is kind of a tough watch, but it's supposed to be. You just feel pummeled by this character. But, oh, my God, the performance is un- un- is unbelievable. And the WWE drama Fighting With My Family comes out. Again, we didn't hate that one either. No, actually, it was very charming. True story of, we're, we're not WWE fans, no. but Paige, Paige, I guess is her mm-hmm. name. It's her stage name, her wrestling name, how she came to get involved in the uh, wrestling world. Yeah, I thought it was completely entertaining. It was. It absolutely was. A lot of fun performances, especially from the supporting characters. But, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And Charlie Says is out this week, which we just talked about, uh, the story of some of the women in the Charles Manson family. Speaking of 50th anniversaries, I think we're yes. going to get a lot of, uh, you know, because 1969 was a big year. It was. And this was not one of the highlights, the Manson murders, but again, this is one of three films that will come out this year and talk mm-hmm. about it. And it's, it's okay. It's not real insightful. And as I said last time we talked about it, for me, the main issue is that it's just not a good Charles Manson. All right, so we've got one big one on the docket next week. One of us is not very excited to see it, and that is Aladdin with Will Smith. I just saw this week, he came out and said this role is the highlight of his career. Well, good so. for him. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I'm, I, I didn't like the animated version, so I, I can't see me liking this. Yeah. Because as far as I can tell from all the thousands of trailers, it's a shot-for-shot remake. What's the point in that? Yeah, well, it's just because you have a cold, black heart. That's true. That's the problem there. Do you remember when <laughs> I, wouldn't even, I couldn't even watch the trailers for Beauty and the Beast? I had to leave the room. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, the live action, was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Also, Brightburn, Horror Woo! Kid, Scary Kid, we're in. Uh, Booksmart comes out. We're excited about that one, We're going to see that tonight, we actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, Nonfiction, which you've already seen uh-huh. and are still uh, forming some thoughts about. And a foreign film we're excited to see called Shadow. Going to be a good week next week. Yeah, hopefully going to be a good week. So uh, we'll talk about those then. But how about the ones we just talked about? Let us know what you think. You loving that John Wick? Let us know. Always good to keep the conversation going. Easiest way is on Twitter. You can find us. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Mad Wolf Columbus. We love that you listen to the screening room. And once again, we still, or you still have time to help us out if you have a couple of spare moments, minutes to uh, vote in the Columbus Podcast Awards, as we are based here in Columbus, Ohio. The inaugural Columbus Podcast Awards and the screening room is up for podcast of the year and the best TV slash movie podcast. So if you could vote for us, the voting continues throughout the month of May. We love you. And that's at ColumbusPodcastAwards.com. And we always appreciate when you listen. And wherever you are listening, if you would just take a second and subscribe, rate, and review, we would appreciate yeah, it so much. We're asking a lot there. We're asking I two know. things. Of the two things, right now, we would rather uh, the vote. Yeah, yeah. the vote. Because <laughs> we want to win. One of us <laughs> is really competitive about it, too. Uh, but we won't name names. Her, she with the cold black heart. Okay, so uh, again, get in touch if you can. And uh, until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.